Goofy Toads to Dr. Aka. Dr. Kradok's not here again. So, uh, sooner or later, he's just going to get kicked off in this podcast. But anyway, uh, I have two, actually three. Dr. Dennis is back. Dr. Dennis, say what's up. Hello, everyone. See? It's just, you're making it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Uncomfortable for everybody. Uh, but uh, I have two really excellent guests here. And what we're going to talk about today is just the difference between working with a corporation and having your own solo standalone uh, practice. Dr. Kyle Dumpert is here. He uh, actually is coming from Pittsburgh as we went to school together. And uh, I mean, one of my close friends also, uh, Dr. Elizondo. Ashley Elizondo, how you doing? I'm great. All right. So she's actually going to be the one that I work with right now. So we're going to kind of talk about everything that goes on with working with corporations, working in your own solo practices, the, the good, the bad, whatever it may be. Okay. So Dr. Kyle Dumper, please go ahead and just give us a little summary of yourself and how you came about you know, this whole entire dental field. So I went to school with... Uh... Dr. Aka in Pittsburgh, he was doing residency for Perio while I was uh, in dental school. After residency, I, or I I did residency at the VA hospital in Pittsburgh for a one-year general practice residency. I moved, went back to my hometown with the thought of buying the office that uh, of the dentist that treated me whenever I was growing up as a kid. Uh, because of student loans and not really ready to take on that extra debt, I bailed on that idea and moved to Hawaii. I was a worked for a single uh, or a, a dentist down in Hawaii. It was a brand new office that uh, it was just me and the other guy that owned it. Worked there for about a year and a half until I uh, got a little bit of island fever. Moved back to Pennsylvania. Took a job at one of the corporate offices in State College, Pennsylvania, worked there for a year, didn't like the cor corporate atmosphere, moved back to Hawaii, made it a month that time, an opportunity came up in my hometown uh, to buy a private practice, so uh, at that point I moved back to my hometown in Pennsylvania and uh, bought a practice, and I've been owner for a little over a year now. Excellent. Okay. And Dr. Ashley Elizondo? Yes. Give us a little background. I graduated from the UT Health Science Center in San Antonio, Texas in 2010. Um, I uh, then started working for a big corporate Medicaid family dentistry for kids type office. Um, stayed there for two years. I wanted to learn as much about treating um, kids, trauma cases, and getting my speed up um, just in general getting more confident with patients. Um, left there after two years and wanted to make a move. I moved from San Antonio to Houston and had the opportunity to start a new office with Pacific Dental Surfaces in Pearland, Texas, um, and uh, started there as an associate after about a year, decided to buy the practice, and um, have been there ever since. Okay. And so we have two different people come from two different avenues, right? I mean, you kind of both did the same thing. You worked with corporates, and then one decided, let me just go this way. Another one said, let me work with corporate and actually own my own practice through the corporation. So I guess the question I have is, what do you guys see as the difference, the main difference between private practice and working with a corporation? Stress. Uh, well, a lot of, <laughs> explain a, that. A lot, more, uh, a lot more stress is in the... Um, private practice or owning my own place uh, with corporate you have a whole team that manages you know payroll employees human resources uh, purchasing all that stuff where 
once you get to be owner, you're in charge of all that stuff. And they don't teach you that stuff in dental school. So it's stuff you have to learn on the fly. Dr. Elizondo, do you feel like you're less stressed? I do. I think I've gotten to a point where I have a very nice balance and quality of life. I think um, the situation that we have to be um, owner dentist with a Pacific Dental Supported Office um, is a very nice balance between being supported and also having um, an equity ownership in your own practice. Okay. And you talked about the equity ownership. So, Dr. Kyle Dumford, um, you have 100% ownership. Correct. Dr. Elizondo, what's the percentage? I have 48%. 48%. So do you find that to be a headache because technically you don't have, you know, a majority of ownership, right? Do you find that to be difficult or do you, are you limited by not having majority ownership? And then you can speak on, you know, do you wish that you maybe didn't take on so much? <laughs> um, I with any business decision, it comes to risk versus reward. Uh, there was a lot of risk taking on the debt and 100% ownership, but I bought a practice in an area that uh, the reward has been good also. So the the extra stress that I've taken on has more than paid for itself, and it's uh, most days makes it worth it. Um, I would say I respect the balance of um, accountability that there is from a business and clinical perspective. My my heart and passion has always been about healthcare, um, uh, and I also did not think that I had enough business um, knowledge graduating from school or even in the real world treating patients um, to provide the best business model and be, um, you know, uh, let my you know, heart and passion, take care of patients and worry about both. Um, while yes, as an owner with a Pacific Dental office, um, I have, I think as much, I guess, stress as I want to take on or as little stress as I want to take on because I know that other people can be held accountable besides myself to make the business grow and uh, put the right people in place, um, to make a good team for, for every office. Okay, so when it comes to, you just said this, right? You said, hey, I don't think I'm able to do both dentistry, focus on dentistry and focus on the business. Do you find that, you know, somebody like yourself who um, is focusing on both, do you really find that you are able to do both equally as well? So far, yes. <laughs> um, That's good. Uh, the first year I, I was owner, I, I worked five days a week, Monday through Friday, and I quickly found that I got burnout trying to see the patients. And then in between patients, I'm paying bills. I'm dealing with staff complaints, I'm staff management. Uh, really, it's all staff management that seems to be right. the issue. It's never dentistry. No, it's not. Uh, so going down to four days a week, that has allowed me to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, focus on more of the business aspect. I, I'm working a lot more than I did at corporate. Uh, I don't have 40 hours a week. I do 60 or 70 hours or more, but a lot of that's at home doing the business end. And I think in our model, um, again, the nice thing is balance and quality of life. Um, I very much so want to be as involved or uninvolved in certain situations as far as um, uh people management situations. I think that's probably my least favorite scenario in an ownership model. Um, again, I, I love people. I love dentistry. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I like the uh, support that um, 
I have in my PDS supported office. I like that uh, I have a certain person that helps me do recruiting and find good team members that fit into my office model. I like that I have another, you know, person that's in charge of helping with our payroll. I like that I have another person that's in charge of managing our back office. I like that I have another person that's in charge of um, managing our front office. And I like that I ultimately, as the owner of my office with the PDS supported uh, model, uh, make the final decisions and anything important. But um, I let you know, the responsibilities and I'm able to hold my other office members accountable for, for doing their job so that I can provide the best dental care possible to my patients with the least amount of headaches. Have you had to fire somebody yet? I have. That's not fun, is it? It's not. <laughs> it's my least favorite um, part. You both agree on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of everything. I, 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 was, I was thinking you were going to say that uh, somebody else managed that for you. No, um, when it's, when I am, well, I'm going to rewind. When it uh, is a clinician that I am letting go, then I do that. So in our model is very much so clinicians leading clinicians. So um, anything business oriented, if it was a an assistant or um, a front desk that needed to be let go, then my manager would handle that. However, um, if it's a clinician that I need to let go, then I handle that. I think that's the way good business should be done. Right. Yeah. Now, I had to let get somebody go three months after I bought the place. She was a hygienist who thought she it was her office and not my office. Oh, I would have fired her immediately yeah. too. Yeah. The second I met her, I would have fired her. We we went to unemployment court over it. I ended up coming out on top, which I was very happy about, but the whole atmosphere changed when she was gone and it turned it into a better office. So it, it's you, you cut the bad people and it makes it a better experience for everybody. Yep. Trim the fat. Trim the yes, fat. And, and I'll continue. Well, let's talk about this actually because your office, Dr. Elizondo, was pretty much brand new so you didn't have to deal with it was brand uh, new not pretty much okay, but I, brand new my goodness <laughs> <laughs> my lord okay. so it was brand new correct corrected um and, and yours you said you bought from somebody so I, you I had bought, to deal with it so right. talk about the difference between somebody saying hey this is brand new i have to build a patient clientele and everything and you having a, an established clientele uh, when I bought the the office I bought was a two dentist practice. The one dentist who was one was sixty five, one was in his early four early fifties. Uh, the guy in his fifties decided to leave. He went to work for a, a corporate outfit, and the sixty five year old was left with not much of an exit plan. So when I came in and bought the office, my goal was. I know he's going to retire. I'm going to take this two dentist practice down to a one dentist practice. So I had a lot of wiggle room with patients. We had, there was 3,000, 3,200 active patients whenever I bought the place. And the struggle was older dentists have, don't really, some of them don't want to keep up with the new stuff. Uh, so for example, some patients haven't had x-rays in 10 or 15 years, so uh, just, that's just my friend. Right. <laughs> Dr. Dennis, how do you feel about it? <laughs> oh, man. Every six months. Every, real, definitely every six months. Uh, but also, anytime there's going to be any treatment done on a particular tooth. So you don't go in blind. Exactly. Okay. I completely agree. And trying to change the, that thought process of 3,000 people, uh, there's a lot of people that aren't happy with that you're in it just for the money you're just trying to take your you're a new guy right i'm the you. new right and once i show them oh you haven't had a pan or a big x-ray that goes around your head in 20 years let, let's take a look see all these little abscesses on your teeth that 
are ca- going to cause issues or causing issues for you. So once I could show them things, then they start to come around to see why I'm doing what I do. Okay. So did you get a lot of like you're going to turn me green? With all yeah. This yeah. Tricks? Yep. And. Uh, I had to have training come in for the existing staff that I bought to let them know, look, you're, you go out, spend some time in the sun. That's about, about as much radiation as that we're getting with the digital x-rays. And they came around to you know do what I wanted them to, or the one had to leave. Okay. So your office, Dr. Elizondo, kind of came in with, you know, all the choice, I like to call them, right? The 3D x-ray, uh, 3D um, scanners and... And syrup, yeah, yeah, and, and the tooth in the day and all that stuff. Did yours also come with that? No. No, so you, I mean, I, I, I asked that because I kind of figured I knew the answer. If the guy wasn't taking x-rays. Right. <laughs> there's no way. He, <laughs> he did have the x-rays, right. he just wasn't using them. Right. So so with that being said, Dr. Elzano, did you find that you have a little bit more of an advantage? I do, and I'll tell you, yeah, personal just, uh, you know, situation that I saw. Again, I I graduated from dental school in 2010, so I think the most rewarding thing for me to see is entering into a new modern technology dental practice, brand new, um, using, starting to use a technology that I've never used before, so teaching myself as I went and taking the appropriate continuing education classes to do so, um, realized, um, didn't realize at the time, but four or five years later when I was seeing my classmates that had private practices now start posting, hey, our office now has Sarah CADCAM, we can get a crown in a day, um, was a really empowering feeling. I felt like, wow, I've, I've, um, I've been a part of this new modern age for the last seven years that my colleagues are just now investing in. So I feel like I had a leg up on providing and having more um, experience with something that was the future, That's, that most all dentists would want in their offices someday, and more importantly, what all patients would want okay. in their mouth. Yeah, did you troll your friends and be like, man, welcome to the game? I, 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 I ate my humble pie every morning, so I, obser- I observed in silence. That's what I would do. So talk, talk about um, basically how you had to, bring your office to kind of the, you know, the... Modern the, age. Mo- I don't want to call it modern age. <laughs> I, I honestly don't believe every toy is necessary, but that's another story. Sure. Uh, I, I didn't have to invest a whole lot. I mean, I I want, I've worked in the brand new offices where the chairs are new, the everything works, nothing's breaking. You buy a, a practice that's 40 years old, there's going to be parts that need to be replaced. So you have to look at it. Uh, what's going to give you the biggest return. So they already had digital x-rays, which was nice. Uh, the biggest purchase I made was starting with the intraoral scanning. I did not buy the the actual milling unit that makes the crowns for you, but we're, we don't have to take the physical impression anymore. Do you find that to be necessary? No, it's it's not necessary. Uh, if you're, It depends on what you're doing. If you're doing enough procedures that require... Uh, lots of impressions, then at some point it becomes more profitable or less expensive to Efficient. have that tech- technology. Uh, but if you're not doing that many pre- procedures, it, it, none of it's necessary. Uh, you get the same result if you take an impression or if you have a scanner, but depending on how much you're doing makes it more or less expensive. Okay. And Dr. Dennis, I kind of want to bring you in on this too. Um, so you've worked in private practice and then worked in a, uh, in a corporation with a corporation, right? 
Um, yes. And you've had people refer you. When you were in private practice, you had, you know. I still get um, outside, outside referrals, referrals from private practice. Versus yes. now in the corporation where every the patient is kind of seen within house. Well, no. What's uh, the difference with that? Well, currently, I still do get a lot of referrals okay. from private uh, dental offices. Right. Even though I'm working in the, uh, the corporate, corporate model. Okay. So, and yes. do you see a difference from what you're doing now? From what you started when you you know graduated, and do you see a difference with that? And the, what are some of the differences? That you can I mean the 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 difference, the major difference is the uh, patient load, uh, but that also could be contributed to. You know, I've been working a long time, so you know, every year you're gonna get a little faster yeah. and more efficient <laughs> yeah. and, and those things. But um, definitely um, the 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 patient load is. Uh, a lot more than it was uh, in the private endodontic practice. Um, <clears throat> and the marketing is a lot easier because I'm actually in the office where the dentist is. Uh, so, so the model that you're in now. Correct. It's a lot easier when it comes to marketing. Correct. Because I can just walk next door and, and talk to the dentist as opposed to having to take a whole day out of my schedule to go to offices and make sure I'm getting that face to face interaction with my referring dentist. Got you. And and when it comes to you, um, Doctor um, Doc Dumper, when it comes to the way you do it, do you refer a lot of like endodontic treatment, or do you try to learn as much as you can with it, do as much as you possibly can? Because again, you don't have the endodontist in house. I try to do as much as I can. I'm, I'm I practice in a small town, so the closest endodontist is. 40 minutes away, closest periodontist, same, about 40 minutes, no prosthodontist within an hour and a half, two hours. Oral surgeon is 40 minutes away, but it's a three-month wait to get in to see an oral surgeon. So that makes me take on the responsibility. I got to do a lot more in my office because I don't have that referral network available being in a small town. But that's when the the VA... Uh, GPR. The, that, <laughs> that, that came in handy. handy. That, See, yeah. yes. You can talk yeah. about uh-huh. GPRs because yep. I believe in mm-hmm. GPRs. Yes. I mean, you and I did the same exact GPR. Yes. And I thought that that was absolutely needed, right? Dr. Alessandro, did you do a GPR? And if you did not or did, what do you think about GPRs? Uh, I everybody? think they are most definitely for uh, those new doctors that graduate with a uh, little, little confidence and maybe with... Um, less training in certain areas. Um, I was fortunate to be mentored by um, a pretty amazing doctor in San Antonio, Dr. William Rose, um, that did actually lead GPRs in, in, uh, during, during my time at, at, uh, at school. So I felt like my training and my confidence when I finished um, my basic DDS training was, was more than enough for me to, to start um, seeing patients in a general practice atmosphere. And so you're limited by location, right? Right. When it comes to having specialists around you. Right. So do you find a lot more pressure to have to do more? Yes. There. Once we lost our oral surgeon in my town, uh, and it's a three-month wait, somebody comes in with a toothache and a tooth that I normally don't want to take out. You feel bad for somebody because, hey, go see the oral surgeon. He'll see you in three months. I'm not going to feed you painkillers and antibiotics for three months. So that stress is there to help those people out. Uh, and it it's good to push yourself as a dentist. Uh, but 
it's a fine line between pushing yourself and getting in over your head to what you're comfortable with and can perform in a way that is a good outcome for the patient. Please. Um, yeah, that's so why you're here. I, have a, I have a quick question. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, you said the closest, uh, in Adonis is about 40 minutes away. Yep. So, uh, on a like weekly basis, how much, or how many root canals and retreatments are you doing retreatments? Like how many root canals are you doing? I'm, I'm not are doing you? any retreatments. Those all go to the endodontist. Um, uh, I, I try to do most of my own, own molars. Uh, so that was something in residency. Our, uh, director, shout out Dr. Dave Sullivan. Sullivan uh, yes. Uh, he, he forced us he into forced, surgery and root canals. So I got comfortable doing molar root canals where I think it provides a service to the patient. Hey, let's, you got a, a molar tooth that needs a root canal and a crown. Let's do everything all at once. I'll do the root canal. I'll build it up. We'll prep it for a crown. We'll numb you up once. Takes about an hour, hour and a half, and they're out the door. Where if I have to send you to the root canal specialist, then you know there's multiple visits between them and myself to, to get this tooth back to function. So how many uh, endodontic treatments do you think you diagnose in a week? Not, I mean, as far as uh, what you're doing and what you're sitting. Probably, it it comes in waves, anywhere from you know two or three in a week up to uh, fifteen or, or or so in a week, depending. You know, I still have my Pennsylvania license. Do you? Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> no, you want? Hey, you. These are probing questions. We we just had another endodontist re retire in our area, so we are hard up for all specialists. Well, I have my. Just in case. <laughs> we we need a period honest. <laughs> no, but um so continue education. Let's transition to that. I think that's a good transition uh created by myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about transitioning to continue education. When it comes to yourself, right? You're in your own private practice, you have to go look for your own continuing right. education. Right. Dr. Elizondo, you're a corporation incorporates continuing education, right? Yes, that, that, that was another reason um, why I um, uh, the uh, support model from Pacific Dental Services appealed to me. Um, I need structure in my daily life, and I like that that structure is provided as far as, again, um, our regional managers and support um, uh, people throughout our Houston region um, setting up our continuing edu education classes for us, letting us know when those days and uh, allotting time for us to be away from our practices to uh, get that um, hours of education that are needed. So I most definitely appreciate, um, I guess, the research and the planning that is done on, on myself and other clinicians' behalf to make sure that we are always um, above and beyond the amount of clinical uh, CE requirements per year. The, uh, again, our residency director, Dr. Sullivan, really pushed continuing education. Uh, he's real big into the American uh, AGD, Academy of General Dentistry. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so he was, that's a, an organization that pushes you to get more continuing education. So, for instance, Pennsylvania requires 30 hours every two years to maintain your license. The AGD require, if you're a member, you have to get 75 hours every two years. And then they have different uh, levels. You can get your fellowship or you can get your master's through the AGD. There's also a, something called an LLSR. And uh, 
those different levels help to push you as a practitioner to continue to get that education, stay on top of things, and better be able to treat the patients? Well, you know, I'm going to give you a little time to brag here because okay. I remember when we talked, I mean, you literally have a list of academic and, and, and different titles that you have. So kind of go through that real quick with us. Like, I mean, from beginning to end, you know, not everybody has the kind of criteria that you have, right? And did you find that you had to do that again, being in a small, um, you know, small town, you had to try to make sure that you are as learned as possible? So I, it's not something I felt like I had to do. That was something, again, Dr. Sullivan really pushed to get into continuing education. So during residency, I became a, an AGD member. And the first milestone that you can hit as an AG, AGD member is the fellowship award, which you have to be a member of their group for three years. Uh, and then you have to take pretty much a board style exam, written exam, and you have to do 500 hours of continuing education at, across any aspect of dentistry, a certain number have to be in person versus online. So I got that as soon as I could three years out of dental school. I got my fellowship. And then the next step is to be a master, uh, a mastership through the Academy of General Dentistry. I got that uh, the very next year. And that includes six ho 600 additional hours on top of the 500 that you earned for your fellowship and they have to be in category specific areas there, there's a certain number of hours in each say oral surgery you need so many hours uh, periodontics you need so many hours and there's a certain amount that have to be hands-on classes and there's a certain amount that are lecture classes so it's a lot more stringent uh Yes, more clinical stuff, and it's because it's the Academy of General Dentistry, they want you to be a well-rounded general dentist, so they force you to learn about every aspect of dentistry, and I, like I said, I, I was able to complete that in a few, four years after I graduated dentistry, where a lot of dentists haven't got their fellowship yet, or uh, so I, I just did that for bragging rights, basically, but also to... The more, <laughs> I, I try. Uh, the more I learn, the more I feel like I need to learn. Right, right. Uh, so I guess the question for me is, listen to all those numbers. When did you have time to do all this? The, well, the residency helped. So you got hours uh, for doing the residency. And then uh, the, I believe Texas and Pennsylvania have two of the biggest AGD chapters where they have a, a, a mastership tract where you meet twice a year, and if you follow their, their program doing their continuing education, they'll help you get that, uh, that award within five years. Uh, when I worked at the corporate office, they would pretty much send me anywhere I wanted to go within their, their company to get continuing education. So they sent me to Florida, they sent me to Texas for uh, Invisalign or for uh, endodontic wave one, uh, just different things. So I, I took advantage of all that stuff. And when you're a student, a lot of, or fresh out of dental school, a lot of the companies, a lot of the continuation, continuing education will give you pretty steep discounts. Um, so even though you don't have a lot of money, it was, I, I've always been told to invest in yourself, take advantage of those discounts while you can. 
and uh, that's kind of the the route that I followed. Okay, um, I'm going to bring you uh, in, Dr. Dennis, and talk about weekend warriors. And let me explain what I mean by that. So most GPs, right, they will take a weekend course and then all of a sudden think they're as capable as some specialist or somebody like yourself, Dr. Dumper, that has taken hours, 500 hours or whatever of education. 1,100. Get the, get the number right. Get the number right. No, by 1,100 worth of you know education. Um, so, Dr. Dennis, tell me about, like, how does that make you feel, to be honest with you, as an endodontist, and, and, and you, Dr. Dumper, as somebody who has taken the time to do all this, for somebody to just come in and say, oh, I'm going to do an implant now, I'm going to do molar endos, and not have the, the, the time and the skills, really, to actually accomplish this? Well, um, the first thing is, if the person is taking the time to uh, get CE and learn more about a area of dentistry, I think that's that's a good thing. Right. Um, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that the majority of people in one weekend course will get, uh, the knowledge and training necessary to perform any procedure at the level of a specialist who took years to perform that procedure. Um, but I mean, if you want to bring it to the specifics of endodontics, uh, I mean, the majority of, endodont- or of uh, root canals are performed by a general dentist anyway. Right. So if they're if they're actually taking the time to take a course uh, and learn more about endodontics, uh, and if that helps them perform the procedure more efficiently uh, with better success, then I think that's a good thing. Uh, but they're not going to be able to perform the root canal at the level I can. At uh, right. Exactly. Right. And the same. I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it takes a lot of experience to be able to do it. And again, it's a fine line. As a dentist, you want to, you don't want to be stuck in your ways and, and uh, only limiting yourself and what you can offer your patients. But on the other aspect, you don't want to take a weekend course and jump into something that you're not ready for that could turn out bad for the patient. So it, it's a, a, a fine line to try and figure out what the, the happy medium is. Okay. So, to wrap it up, do you have something else? Oh, no, I, was, I thought you were Oh, okay. To, to wrap <laughs> it up, I just kind of wanted you guys to both speak to why, if you're graduating from school, why maybe you want to go one route versus another. You know, why you want to go into just private practice versus why would you want to maybe, or who is a person that might want to think, consider corporation or private practice. So we'll start with ladies first. Sure. So um, I think uh, one of the big benefits to um, – Coming right out of school and and having debt and um, uh, limited just people experience and chairside skills at that point in your career, um, I think it's super valuable that you have um, the option to associate with um, a support office like Pacific Dental Services. Um, I'm not overly familiar with the other um, corporate style environments. However, I know... That Pacific Dental Services, having the opportunity to own your own office as a clinician was a big benefit for me. Um, Starting as an associate in a new office that was supported by Pacific Dental Services, I didn't know yet whether or not I wanted to own a practice. But after building the team and being in a brand new office, I realized um, very quickly that other um, doctors 
wanted to buy that uh, supported <laughs> office and, um, you know, definitely Deep made the jump to uh, absolutely invest in myself, as uh, as most doctors would say. But um, I knew that I had put my, my blood, sweat and tears into building that that practice. And um, I most definitely wanted to benefit from the uh, the business and profitability of the growth. Um, I also believe in the model set forth by, um, you know, most, if not all Pacific Dental Services offices. But uh, as a general dentist, I believe that my patient should get the best quality care at every appointment. And I personally, as a general dentist, don't will admit that I uh, will not nor could provide, you know, the uh, same uh, endodontic procedure that, you know, my specialist who is an endodontist would provide or um, or nor could I do a, uh, you know, connective tissue graft or implant placement that my periodontist could at the level that my periodontist could. And therefore, I choose to give my patients the best um, clinical and uh, ex- experience um, that I can. And um, so I absolutely um, believe in um, doing as a general dentist what you enjoy and what you're comfortable with. And um, the nice thing is I don't have to do any procedures that I don't want to do or that I'm not comfortable doing. I have a specialty team to support my treatment plans. Um, and that's something I, I, I really enjoy. So I think one of the first questions when I was interviewing um, right out of dental school that mo- almost all offices asked me was, will you do molar root canals? And while I did do them in dental school, um, endodontics was probably my least favorite part of general dentistry, second to orthodontics. So I loved that I I didn't have to do them. Um, you know, I was in a, a an area where I could provide and have um, that access to care for my patients where they could get a, a, an appointment with a specialist at my office with, within a week or two. Um, and I think that's also something that I... Um, I definitely value the uh, the access to care for patients um, by not only general dentists but also specialists, and um, and again, respecting not only you know our our patients' time but our office and our staff's time as well as far as efficiency appointments with same day dentistry that we can provide, same day crayons that we can provide, and and of course sometimes even same day specialty care that um, is provided in our office. So I think as a new grad, um, I also liked the support. Um, from the Pacific Dental Services model that, you know, if we were invested in our long-term future with them, they're invested in us. And I, I do definitely believe and feel that. Um, again, I want to balance. I want quality of life. I want to be a leader. I wanted to be an owner. Um, and I also some days just want to be a dentist. And that's something that uh, being an owner doctor in a Pacific Dental Services office provides for myself. Um, I like knowing that I can stay late or I can leave early and the office is still provided and my patients are still taken care of because I've built a team and um, I've uh, mentored associates and continue to mentor associate doctors to where I know, again, my patients will always have access to care whether or not I'm in the office or not. So I uh, that's also a, a good benefit in addition to um, health care, medical, and financial benefits that are provided. Okay. That was very good. It's like almost like a billboard. And my offices are in Pearland, Texas. For any new grads, uh, for any new grads looking, please, please uh, come meet me. My name is Dr. Elizondo, and um, I'm also always looking for uh, for new and great um, team members to join our offices, from assistants to to dentists. So come find me. Okay.
okay. Well, so now I have to give you the same amount of time, and okay. and again, I'm not. I'm gonna charge you. <laughs> so I'm gonna plug the way I did things, uh, which is coming out of school. I wanted to learn more, so every office that I went to, I learned something. I took something away from that office. So the more experiences you have, I coming out and working at one office and staying there for the rest of your life. I I, I don't think. I mean, you can make it work. You can it, you can have a good life that way. But I like the idea of moving around, getting uh, experiences from different areas. I looked at corporate whenever I joined them as a stepping stone. I used them as my business residency so I could learn how they set up their corporate structure. What's their marketing plan? What's their how do they deal with insurances? What their purchasing power is as a, a big corporation versus me as a little guy. So by getting that experience, I could take that into private practice and know what I'm up against if a corporate outfit would come into my small town. The uh, I'm going to plug small towns because there's lots of opportunity there. There's older dentists that are retiring. Patients are driving you know, 30, 40 minutes just to see a general dentist further if they need to go to a, a specialist. And the overhead expenses are a lot cheaper as far as rent goes. The uh, staff pay is a lot cheaper than what you would have to pay in uh, an urban environment. The marketing expense is I have spent zero dollars on any kind of marketing. It's all uh, you know, word of mouth or buying an, an existing practice where, like it or not, the patients don't have anywhere else to go. So it's either my way or you, you go without a dentist. Uh, and I, I think my way is better when it comes to do they know more de about dentistry or do I do? But as a, uh, on the other hand, corporate does offer that support. So it, it's all in what you're looking for uh, coming out of school. Okay, well, you got to plug in also where you work and everything. So I I, I work at and own Radiant Dental of Bedford in ben Bedford, Pennsylvania. At some point, I'll be looking to uh, hire an associate to take over so I don't have to work quite as much. But uh, I, living in a small town takes a, a special kind of person. You're, you're not going to have the shopping experiences, the, the dining experiences that are available in a big city. But uh, if you're looking to make a good life for yourself and stick out in town among, you're walking down the street, you're going to see your patients everywhere you go. It's a, a good quality of life, depending on if that's, you know, if you don't need the, the material things that a city offers. Um, I just like to plug myself too as well <laughs> I mean, I get the chance. Everybody's plugging themselves. So might as well. Go ahead. So if uh, any of the listeners are uh, endodontists, <laughs> periodontist oral surgeons looking for work in texas or louisiana please contact me i can be reached at pulp doctor texas on uh, instagram that's pulp doctor tx or if anyone else just has any interest in endodontics and want to see uh some of my cases or just how many miles i ran that day again that's really that's, what you do that's <laughs> yeah yeah it's pulp doctor <laughs> tx uh, on instagram and how did they get a hold of you doc Ah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, RadiantDentalOfBedford.com is probably the best way. Okay, okay. And Dr. Elizondo? Elizondo A at PacDen.com, E-L-I-Z-O-N-D-O-A at P-A-C-D-E-N.com. Okay. 
and I mean, no one needs to get a hold of me, so I'm good. <laughs> no, don't contact me at all. If anybody has any questions about small town life as a dentist, Kyle, K-Y-L-E dot Dumpert, D-U-M-P-E-R-T at gmail.com. Perfect. Yeah. And I think that this was really good because people got a chance to see two avenues here. People got a chance to see two different ways of practice in dentistry. And I think that was very important. And I mean, I want to thank you, Dr. Dumper, because you brought this idea to me sure. and saying, hey, you know, this is what we should do. And this is how we need to kind of run this and then at least have a podcast to discuss this. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to thank you very much. And on, on top of that, you drove literally, I mean, all of Texas so far. Yeah, I, I made a good trip out of it. Coming from Pennsylvania, uh, I love listening to the podcast on my lo- long drive. So, uh, yeah, I, I was looking forward to this and made a made a little trip out of it. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming down. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, go get some barbecue. Absolutely. That's what Texas is known for. Absolutely. Uh, definitely thank you guys all for being on here. We'll definitely end it with a goodbye. Thank, so, you. thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.